And it's my turn to introduce our guest speaker today, who's come all the way from Fulham in London, Mr. Sav Lanazel. Hey! We go, we go back 20 years, I think. I was going to drink that. Can I have some if you want? Not very nice, that. Do you want to share? I don't mind. It's not COVID anymore. Um, and uh, yeah, we go back 20 years back. Is that right? We were, I was doing youth work here, and, and Seb was doing youth work in Winchcombe. Um, and then he, he, he uh, emigrated to London. So yes. it's uh, slightly different over there, I believe. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's cool. But he's got Good. a powerful word he's going to share with us today. So uh-huh. I'm going to leave it with him. And uh, <laughs> yes, let's, let's just give it over to Seb again, guys. Good. Morning. I wonder how many coffees Christian has had this morning. (laughs) He seems like he's on. On, on, on. Aren't you, mate? My gosh. Me and Christian and my mate John here, we've all joined the 50s club. We're all 50 now. How are you finding it, being 50? (laughs) I find I can't drink too much because I can only fit one drink in. And that's it. So I'm only going to have... I'm only going to have half of this drink. Otherwise, I'll have to dash to the toilet. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, so it's actually, the church is now C3 London. It was called C3 Fulham. They changed it. It was C3 London. They changed the name, changed it back. I don't know why people do all this stuff. <laughs> I'm never involved in those sort of meetings and discussions because I'm not that bothered <laughs> about things like that. But um, anyway... It's good to be here. I, I came here before, uh, a couple of years ago. Hi, Ali. Nice to see Ali. Hope you're, I hope you're being honoured by everyone all the time. And you wake up and there's flowers on your doorstep. <laughs> and bottles of wine tucked in the hedges here and there. <laughs> for you to find. Yeah, little treats. Little treats to find. Man, you should definitely honour Ali. People like that who've uh, grafted for God for years. You know what I mean? The grafters. But um, I was going to say, I like to be a bit inappropriate, because what I find is people um, people feel like they can't be themselves with God. And so what they end up, they try to be what they think God wants them to be, thinking, you know, if I was a bit more squeaky clean, you know, if I didn't do so many things wrong, maybe then, and there's always a then, you know, maybe then I can then enjoy some sort of the good graces of God. And I've actually found and discovered, mainly by accident, and teach some good teaching, that God likes to meet real people. I find that there's too many people trying to be Christian, too many Christians who are trying to be Christian. And this sounds, of course, Seb, aren't we supposed to try and be Christian? Well, that's what we're going to talk about a bit, because I don't think we are supposed to try and be Christian, which is going to sound a bit confusing, to some people, and a bit heretical, is that the word? I can see the sound guys getting ready to cut the mic already. <laughs> and the, the, the security are getting ready to charge the stage. Come on in, security. I've still got a bit of fight left in me. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, um, my inappropriate story. It's not inappropriate. I thought it was funny. It's, my, it's just about my daughter, Sophia. She's 10 years old, very quirky. Got fun, a, a wicked sense of humour. So we're talking about death and dying and stuff. I'm not sure why. It's a bit heavy. They always say, Dad, you're a bit heavy, you know, when you talk about stuff. They'll be talking about My Little Pony, and then I'll be talking about death. 
and, you know, trying to keep it real, you know. Get rid of the fluff. We've got to keep it real. And she said this to me. She said, Dad, you're so fat that uh, when you die, they're going to have to be two or three guys take you down the gym and exercise your body just so they can fit you in the coffin. And I, I was crying with laughter because I thought it was so brilliant. I thought, that is amazing. Like, I thought, you're definitely my daughter. You know what I mean? And uh, so I just wanted to share that because I thought it, was, it made me laugh. You know, this is a couple of weeks ago, and I just thought, that's like comedy gold. That is, that's comedy gold. And you're saying, how does that tie in with the message? It doesn't. <laughs> it's just a, a bit of fun. You know, it's good to, that's what I mean, be yourself. Because no one else is going to be you. If you're not being yourself, who are you being? You know what I'm saying? So what I, I got a, like a word from God during lockdown. You know when we're locked down? No one was allowed. I actually didn't mind it too much, even though I'm an extrovert. I actually thought <laughs> just felt like a bit of a long holiday. Uh, obviously, you should worry about bills and stuff, but somehow things worked out. But I felt like God speak to me and say, um, he said, people who aren't non-Christians need to be saved from sin. And he said, but Christians need to be saved from the law. And I feel like he's put a, a mandate on me. Christians need to be saved from sin, but non-Christians need to be saved from sin, but Christians need to be saved from the law. Because you'll meet all sorts of Christians on your journey, and some saying, you know, we should keep the Ten Commandments, or, you know, or this law, these laws and these rules. And what can happen is your Christianity becomes something you do rather than someone you know. And what happens, you start to operate out of your willpower, and by your willpower and human effort, try and be to become all that you think you should be. And what you end up is with just a, a natural human version of what a Christian is supposed to be. And um, the Christian life is anything but natural. And it actually doesn't come from us. The Christian life comes from Christ in us. And you only access that life through faith. Faith in the grace of God. And what we've done without realising it, we've made laws and rules in our mind. We've got a law mentality. And our Christian life has become all that we think we should do and all that we think we shouldn't do. All that we think we should be and shouldn't be. And it's actually a law mentality. And the law actually is The law was given to expose sin. It wasn't given to be a blessing or set you free. If I walked down the, and fell down off here, the law would come up and say, don't fall off the ledge. But it wouldn't help me. It'd leave me there on the floor. And that's what the law does. It just tells you what's right and what's wrong. The Bible actually says, if there was a law that could have brought life, righteousness would have come through the law. But there isn't a law that can bring life because the law brings condemnation and judgment the law is given it says this in Timothy I, they didn't have my translation that I was using the, the Seb translation uh, that I wrote last week no they <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to have to read the scriptures but they wouldn't, not going to come on the screen and, but, um, Paul said to Timothy the law is not made for a righteous person but it's made for sinners 
Because what the Lord does is you, you're, you're thinking, I'm a pretty good person. You're walking through the park. I'm a good person. And then you see a sign saying, keep off the grass. And immediately, what do you want to do? You want to go like that. Keep the foot around because that's what the Lord does. He says, Don't do this. And what happens is sin that is dormant in every one of us rises up and says, No one tells me what to do. Oh, no, no, no. And that's what law, the purpose of the law is. But once you come to Christ, you no longer need the law because now Christ will be your life. Instead of you trying to be like Jesus, Christ will live through you. But that only happens when you come out from under law, come to the end of yourself, realise how impossible it is to be a Christian and put your faith in him and then he will be in you, to you and through you. I discovered this by accident. So what, was, what happened is when I became a Christian, I had a, a powerful encounter with God. I'd never been to church, but I met a Christian who told me about Jesus, prayed for me, and when he prayed... I called out to Jesus and I, I literally felt a hand touch my chest to open my eyes and no one was there, which is weird. And then I just felt unbelievable, overwhelming love pouring into me and I felt something deep within me spring to life and I was literally born again. It was something I know it happened, I experienced it, I felt it. And at the time I was just a dropout, you know, living on benefits, didn't never wanted to work, no hope, no ambition. Just wanted to get off his head and try and not feel bad all the time. But you would have think after a dramatic encounter like that, I would have just soared through my Christianity like, way. But I did for about a week. And then I didn't feel that feeling of love anymore. That love started to feel like it drifted away. And immediately, without any religion in my life or Christianity or any sort of religion, my own brain started to make a law. It said, maybe if you stop getting drunk, maybe if you stop smoking weed, maybe if you stop um, chasing girls and stuff, then. And so what happened is I just started to work hard to try and fulfill this law. But the problem is there'll be another law, and then there's another law, and you never, ever arrive. So what would happen to me is I'd, I'd be trying so hard. And I wouldn't feel, I had no peace. I had no joy. I was just trying hard and, and just hated it. What would happen is I'd eventually give up. And I'd fall down and just say, God, I can't do this. I can't be a Christian. I'm, I'm rubbish at being a Christian. And the moment that would happen, the grace of God would sweep in. And I'd start to experience God's peace and God's joy. And I'd be like, what's going on? When I'm trying to be a good Christian, nothing, zero, no presence, no peace, no joy. And as soon as I stop trying to be a good Christian, suddenly God's there. And I'm like, this is the wrong way around. Surely when you're trying hard, that's when you give the reward. But it's God because when you're trying hard, it's you trying to be a Christian. It's you, under a law, trying to fulfill some sort of mandate and pay some sort of price for God's blessing. When you give up, you'll come to the end of yourself. You, that's where grace lives. Grace lives at the end of you. 
And at the end of you is where you'll find grace. And, on the end, and then as soon as you discover grace, Christ in you will start to manifest. And what happened? Suddenly I started, suddenly I don't want to get drunk anymore. Suddenly I don't want, without any effort, without any struggle, all these things started to change without me even knowing the rules, without any law. And that's the, um, the Christian or the Christ life. And there's too much Christians trying to be Christian. It's right for Christian to do it because that's his name. <laughs> Anyone else? You're operating under a form of law. It might not be the Old Testament law of getting circumcised and all that. How many blokes are glad they don't have to do that one? <laughs> okay, now imagine being a doctor. No, I don't want to imagine being a doctor. <laughs> it's too horrible. But, you know, some people say, oh, I'm not under the law, but we, we have our own law. Oh, if I do this, or if I do that. And this, this law is keeping you away from the grace of God. It's keeping you out of Christ. Let me just read some scriptures. What I could have done today was just read the book of Galatians. And uh, Paul would have said it a million times better than me. So I'm just going to read a few scriptures. Mainly, I've got loads of chunks, and it's quite a lot, and I'm not very good at reading um, out loud, so please bear with me. <laughs> yeah, you think I'm joking, you won't. For some reason, I can't see full stops and commas and stuff like that, and I just do try and do one long breath, you know, but right. This is in Galatians 3, 1 to 14. What has happened to you foolish Galatians? Who has put you under an evil spell? That's pretty heavy to start off with, isn't it? Did God not open your eyes to the meaning of Jesus' crucifixion? Was he not revealed to you as the crucified one? So answer me this. Did the Holy Spirit come to you as a reward for keeping Jewish laws? No. You received him as a gift because you believed in the Messiah. Your new life began when the Holy Spirit gave you a new birth. Why then would you so foolishly turn from living in the Spirit by trying to finish by your own works? Can you see what he's saying? It started off in the Spirit, it's all faith in Jesus, and then suddenly it's become your own works, your own effort. Let me ask you again, what does the lavish supply of the Holy Spirit in your life and the miracles of God's tremendous power have to do with you keeping religious laws? The Holy Spirit is poured, about, is, the Holy Spirit is poured out upon us through the revelation and power of faith. Abraham, our father of faith, believed God and the substance of his face released God's righteousness to him. So the true children of Abraham have the same faith as their father. And the scripture prophesied that on the basis of faith, God would declare Gentiles to be righteous. God announced the good news ahead of time. Through your example of faith, all the nations will be blessed. And so the blessing of Abraham's faith is now our blessing too. But if you rely on works of keeping the law for salvation, you live under the law's curse. For it's clearly written, utterly cursed is everyone who fails to practice every detail and requirement that is written in the law. It is obvious that no one achieves the righteousness of God by attempting to keep the law. For it is written, the one who is in a right relation with God will live by faith. But keeping the law does not require faith, but self-effort. Can you see what I was saying? Keeping the law is about self-effort. It's about self-improvement. 
It's about what you can do by willpower and strength and discipline. But people like that, if you meet them, they're not nice people to meet. They're so judgmental and so uptight because when you break their law, they'll judge you. And when they'll break their law, they'll judge themselves. Now I've lost my place. If you practice the principles of the law, you must follow all of them. Yet Christ paid the full price to set us free from the curse of the law. He absorbed, he absorbed the curse completely as he became a curse in our place. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hung upon a tree. Jesus Christ dissolved the curse from the lives so that in him all the blessings of Abraham can be poured upon the Gentiles. And now through faith we receive the promised Holy Spirit who lives in us. It's the, new, the old covenant, law and obedience. The new covenant, faith in God's grace. It's the grace of God that brings salvation. The grace of God has brought salvation to everyone. It's the grace of God that teaches us how to live. This is in Titus. It's by, so what happens is when you start to operate in grace, you'll start to do naturally what you were trying to do on purpose all your life. That's my testimony. I never wanted to work. I never wanted to... I don't know. I just wanted to get off my head all the time. And all these things that have changed in my life, I haven't changed. But what I've done is discovered the grace of God and started to experience for free what I could never afford to pay for. That's why sometimes the biggest losers make the best Christians. Because the big losers have no confidence in themselves and their work. So they throw themselves on the grace of God. And the grace of God carries them and lifts them up and takes them somewhere they could never take themselves. Where the person who's pretty well together and and thinks they're a pretty good person, their confidence is in how good they are. And those people never experience the presence of God and the life of God and the power and the miracles and the stuff, because that's not for them. It's for the grace people. It's by grace that we are saved through faith. Let's have a look. Let's keep reading Galatians. Keep it safe. Galatians 5, 1 to 4, this is. At last we have freedom, for Christ has set us free. This context is freedom. So this in the book of Galatians is about freedom from the law, not freedom from sin. It's a freedom from the law. At last we have freedom, for Christ has set us free. We must always cherish this truth and firmly refuse to go back into the bondage of our past. I, Paul, tell you, if you, if you think there is a benefit in circumcision, and Jewish regula regulations, then you're acting as though Christ is not in us. I say it again emphatically. If you let yourselves be circumcised, you're obliged to fill every single one of the commandments and regulations of the law. If you want to be made right with God by fulfilling the obligation of the law, you've cut yourself off. And you've cut off more than your flesh. You've cut yourselves off from Christ and you have fallen away from the revelation of grace. If you want to be made right and enjoy God by being doing right, you're fallen from grace. We think fallen from grace is when, like a preacher, I don't know, gave him a preacher or a sausage or something. That is fallen from grace as well, you know. But um, it's when you actually fall back into your own works to make you right. That's what falling from grace is. 
I love being a Christian because I just be myself. I never try to do this and that or that the other. I never put on an act. I don't try and be holy. I don't try and do any of this stuff. But what I know is as I've known the grace of God, it's changing my heart. And, when you, and through the grace of God, God makes you into what you're supposed to be. Instead of you trying to make yourself into what you're supposed to be by being a try-hard. You know what I mean? I've learned this new phrase from my teenage daughter, a try-hard. I'm telling them to try-hard. And I feel like there's a lot of try-hard going on. You know what I mean? The Christian life just forms. It's not manufactured, it's manifested. As you live in faith, as you, as you come in contact with the grace of God through faith, the Christian life is manifested in you. And you start to become all that you're supposed to be without any rules, without any law. I used to swear every other word. I was always effing and jeffing all the time. Since I was a kid, always swearing. And I remember one day I was just walking along and I was talking to someone swearing and just normal. And suddenly it just felt weird. And every time I swore, it just felt strange. It felt like, it's weird, I don't feel like doing it. And I remember I stopped swearing within a week. No law, no one telling me, no rule, but Christ in me, starting to change me from the inside out. I used to just throw litter on the ground, eat a pat of crisps, throw it on the floor, can of drink, chuck it in someone's garden, didn't care. One day I remember I went to throw a pack, stop. I don't want to throw a pack, I don't want to do that. Where's the bin? I'm going to put it in the bin. No law, no rule. Not because I'm supposed to, I'm not supposed to. A changed heart. Changed by the grace of God. Changed by Christ in me. Easy. Christian life, easy. As long as you die to yourself. You know what I mean? And die to your abilities and lose faith in you and start to get faith in a saviour. It takes as much of you to live saved as it did to get saved. It takes all of Jesus to get you saved. And it takes all of Jesus for you to live in salvation. So we don't want to defer back to self-effort, human effort, motivating, pumping, hyping. You know what I mean? Anyway. Shall I go back to the Bible again? Romans 10.4 says this. For Christ is the end of the law. And because of him, God has transferred his perfect righteousness to all who believe. Everything we receive is through faith. Faith in Jesus. Not faith in faith. Not faith in how good I can be. Faith in what he has done. The finished work of Christ releases into our world everything that God has. Only believe. That's what Smith Wigglesworth used to say, isn't it? Right. Let me read this. Can I read some more scriptures? Is that all right? I feel like they're, they're better than me, you see. It's hard to admit that, but, you know. <laughs> I want to be better. It's hard to be better than Paul, the apostle, isn't it? Um, Galatians 2, 18, 21. For if I start over and reconstruct the old religious system that I've torn down with the message of grace, I would appear to be a lawbreaker. Through the law, I died to the law so that I might live to God. My old identity has been co-crucified with Christ and no longer lives. And now the essence of this new life is no longer mine, for the anointed one lives his life through me. We live in union as one. My new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God 
who loves me so much that he gave himself for me, his first and his life into mine. So that is why I don't view God's grace as something peripheral. For if keeping the law could release God's righteousness for me, then Christ would have died for nothing. I love it. So be- The Passion Translation are so beautifully written. The essence of this new life is no longer mine, for the anointed one lives his life through me. We live as union as one. My new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God who loved me. I'm talking about a really effortless Christianity, if you're willing to die to yourself, that is, obviously, a bit of a clause in there, isn't it? Quite a heavy one as well. That's harder. So um, the Christian life isn't manufactured, it's manifested. It's not human, it's divine. We've got natural abilities, and there's a natural realm that we live in, but there's a heavenly realm and abilities. There's a heavenly life within us that we can access through faith, through depending and relying and trusting in Jesus. That it's his life that will save us, not us trying to save and change ourselves. I've given up trying to change myself. My wife hasn't, but... uh, but I've given up trying to change myself. It's too much hard work. But what I do is, what I, all that effort that I used to put into trying to change me and try and be this, try not to be that, now I just put all that effort into knowing Jesus, knowing God, and, and just discovering more and more of him, discovering him in prayer, discovering him in the Bible, discovering him in the church. If I could discover him, he will be my, my strength and my hope. It's no longer I who lives. It's Christ that lives in us. Do you know what I mean? He says this in Romans 5 verse 10 in the Amp C version. I don't know what the C stands for, but the Amplified plus C. He said, if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, it is much more certain now that we are reconciled that we shall be saved by his life. That means daily delivered from sin's dominion through his resurrection life. It's not us trying to be. He already is. We don't need us to be anything. What we need is to get out of the way and so he can be. It's, a, it's not my willpower, my strength. It's him. It's like if I got somebody up here. Oh, it's hard to hear. Oh, how much time we got, Christian? Be honest. Oh, that's quite a lot then. <laughs> Must be going quite fast. Um, yes, okay. I use Christian because I don't want to humiliate anyone else. All right, come up here, Christian. This is a really good example of it for me. I was going to ask my mate John, but then John had a bit of a kill the egg thing. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, you relax. You're a human being. I always used to talk to me now. Right, oh, yes, yeah. yes. Sorry, this isn't part of anything. Right, just okay. it out. I, I didn't know whether it was just no, I was just thinking. No, 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 I was right. thinking it out loud. Right. So what we could have here is I, I, Christian's job, right, is to uh, be like me, right, just for the next 30 seconds. So do you need that mic? Do, does that work? That, that does work. You Can you move that. around? Yeah. I'll stay here. So right, okay. I want you to talk as I talk. Talk as you talk. Act as I act. Act as you act. Go on, get rid of that Mancunian yeah, accent. Rid of it. Oh, I can we need some London, don't we? Get some London. A bit of London to your hand. And uh, right, yeah. so if Christian tries to be like me. Be like you. Yeah, okay. 
Is this, embar- is this embarrassing? For it's you? actually really freeing. I'm is enjoying it. it. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. It's yeah. quite good to be me. I, I am enjoying being it. Seb today. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah, quite good. Right, okay. And I think that's good. When you discover how much God loves you, you don't want to be anyone else. Who you know said? I mean? <laughs> well, you've got to say what I said. Oh, right. When you dis- See it again. I wasn't listening. <laughs> <laughs> I'll stop paying attention, I'm sorry. I, I think I've actually made my point already. <laughs> um, <laughs> you can go and sit down, bro. <laughs> so what, 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 what we've got here is, it, and I could get each one of you up here to try and be like me, and you'd have varying successes and failures. Some people would be better. But what, what would be better is if I could take my spirit, who I am, out of me, and put me into Christian. And then Christian would have a manifestation of the life of Seb through the body of Christian. <laughs> you could have a manifestation of Seb through the body of Christian. And Christian's job isn't to try and be like me, but let me live through him. That's the Christian life. All the Christians are trying to be Christian. Forget it. You're rubbish at trying to be a Christian. All you can do when you're trying to be a Christian is copy some of the morals of Jesus. Because you can do that if you're your human ability. But what about copying the faith of Jesus? What about healing the sick? What about the supernatural? I reckon the reason why the church has not much supernatural power is because the Christians are trying to be Christian. And what a Christian can do in his willpower is just human stuff. The Christian life is not natural, it's supernatural. It comes from Christ. And it comes from Christ in us. And when we come to the end of ourselves and we say, I cannot do it. I can't be a Christian. Lord, I'm rubbish at it. And just humble ourselves, we'll find that there's another life in us that can do it. And that's when we'll start to experience more of the supernatural and stuff like that. When Christ is allowed to be who he is. Why does Christ live in me? What's the point? Otherwise. why, Why go to that effort just to live in me and be there? And I'm just carrying on. He lives in me to live through me. Christ is our life. Not trying to be like Christ. He is our life. And he will be our life. Man, I'm doing some good preaching. (laughs) If I say so myself. I'm I'm very humble. I'm very humble. (laughs) (coughs) Man, God, Andy, you put a bit of vodka in the bottle there, didn't you? really hit the spot. <laughs> I'm going to finish that. <coughs> so if we have the bad up, I know I was told to give you a minute warning, but sorry. I'm not a very professional Christian, as you might have understood. <coughs> so I just tried to be myself. And I want you to be yourself. Why try and be something you're not or somewhere you're not? Be honest with God. My prayers are very honest. This year, I've really been felt God's leading me to um, surrender more. Because there's things in me. I mean, I've, I mean, when I was a kid, I experienced racial bullying, sexual abuse. I've had some pretty bad things happen to me. And, uh, you know, I've never known who my dad is. But just, I've had so many dads coming through the doors. None of them were a dad, really. And all those things, you know, you push stuff down, you bury it ashamed. And so this year I just felt God saying to me, just I kept closing my eyes and seeing myself kneeling before God in prayer. So I've started to 
kneel before God. And something happens when I'm doing it. It's so weird. That humility, that surrender. Do you know what I mean? And in that place of surrender and honesty, I just tell God the truth. Sometimes I just say, oh, Lord, I just want to kill, kill the missus. <laughs> and... Uh, I want to beat the kids. And I'm not even allowed. I want to, you know, I've had enough of this and that. Just be really honest. And every time I get really honest with God, I feel his favour. Like, it's so hard to believe because you keep thinking you have to be really holy or something. But as soon as I get really honest with God, I feel so much affection and love. God. God is much better than we think he is. He's much more kind. He's much more gracious. He's much more merciful. He's much more interesting and he knows a much more. My kids think I don't know anything. They really do. I know, I know a lot more than they realise. And it's like God, he, he knows us. He knows our thoughts. He knows our aches. He knows our pains. He knows our fears. He knows our disappointments. He knows when we hate him or when we're angry at him. And I just think, don't hide nothing from God. Tell God everything. That's all right. When I pray, I, I mean, I'm not much of a talker with God. I don't talk to God very much. I just want to experience him. And when I'm experiencing him, I don't say anything. I'm just like, <laughs> you know, delight, <laughs> angels singing. You know, that's all I want, really, just to experience more of who he is. Because I know it's the experience of God that's going to transform and release that faith in Christ in me, rather than me being outside of God, working really hard. I had this vision once, when I went left a mate's house, uh, and I saw in this vision, he, was, he had a machete, and he was in a jungle, and he was chopping his way through, and this bloke was a real motivated grafter sort of bloke, you know, really, and he was chopping his way through this jungle, and right next to the jungle was a river, and I was in a canoe in the river, and I was just laying back sunbathing, and my canoe just floated past him like this. And God said to me, you're achieving much more by being in grace than he is with all his hard work. So I phoned him up to tell him, just to bless him. <laughs> and uh, just probably be encouraging to him, you know. Stop trying so hard. Stop trying to, you know what I'm saying? Relax. Relax. Get all intense, you know what I mean? Relax. God loves you. God likes you. God's got gifts in you. He's got purpose. He's got value. And when you're, you know, it's like, I think he's just like, oh, come on. This ain't the real you. Stop pretending. Stop lying to me. I'm God. <laughs> you know what I mean? Be honest. 